This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Monday, April the 11th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we got more on the travel disruption affecting a large part of Kent this Easter as P&O ferries from Dover remain suspended. Plus, we're going to hear from a private investigator after looking into romance fraud. But first today, a man who slashed someone across the face with a standing knife at a Kent railway station has been jailed. The victim needed stitches in his cheek after the attack at Ashford International in February. Kai John Lang was arrested at his home on Manston Road in Ramsgate the following day and has now been locked up for four years and eight months. Well, a court was told the 21-year-old, who's been convicted for 33 previous offences from the age of just 14, shouted his own name twice in bravado moments after the attack. You can see his picture from police at Kent Online. More from court now and a woman who stole £260 of lube and condoms from a pharmacy in Maidstone has avoided being sent to prison. Jodie Young admitted taking 28 items from the store on King Street. Our reporter Sean McPolin was in court for this one and joins me now. Sean, when did the offences happen? Well, the court heard how the 35-year-old had stolen from the shop in February because she was in a financial crisis after having her benefits sanctioned. And it was also suggested that the mother of three had planned on selling the £263 worth of products to make some money. She also admitted stealing from Tesco Express on London Road and that was all caught on CCTV. And her partner was also in court, wasn't he? Yes, Michael Scott, who's 50 and lives at the same address of Toomim House in the same town, was accused of taking more than £80 of Christmas chocolates from Wilco in the mall last November. And earlier here in the pair had initially pleaded not guilty and were due to go on trial but were found guilty in their absence. So Sean, what sentences were handed down? Well, the pair were both told by magistrates they'd come close to being locked up. Instead, Young was given a 12-month community order and a six-month drug rehabilitation course, and she was also told to do 20 rehabilitation activity requirement sessions. She was also told to pay back the cost of the goods stolen. Scott was given the same community drug rehab and RAR orders and told to pay compensation and costs. Thank you ever so much. Two people have been arrested and police are hunting another three following a stabbing in Canterbury. It happened on Canterbury Lane late on Saturday night. A man was treated at a local hospital and later discharged. Officers are keen to hear from anyone nearby with doorbell footage that could be useful. Meantime, police have stopped a number of off-road bikers that were seen riding through the grounds of a Kent hospital. Officers were called to Darrant Valley and found the vehicles at nearby Darrant Country Park. The riders were spoken to and moved on from the area. Kent Online News. People living in part of Maidstone have had to leave their homes following a bomb scare. Several properties on Tunbridge Road were evacuated yesterday evening, or Wendy and Gemma were among those who had to shelter elsewhere for several hours last night. They spoke to our reporter, Cara. First of all, it was a joke, and then we saw the place, and it was like, oh, because we've never had any trouble with the people who live there. And so what did they tell you? You had to, you know... Leave your house immediately. So how long have you been waiting out here, then? Oh, Quite a few hours now. We started off in the park, then we went for a walk. Had to pop and ask someone to use, use the loo. <laughs> so, so when, so when did you get that first knock on the door? Then just before six. Just before six. So yeah. you've been here a few hours. But to be fair, 
with what's going on in the world at the moment with Ukraine, this is nothing. Yeah. You know, we're not in our houses being blown up. Yeah, no. So you've got to take it that we are lucky. Yeah. And that we've got the facilities where we can have the bomb squad, the place, and do all this and give us notice to get out. So yeah. we can't complain. I think we got a knock on the door about half past six, about quarter past half past six. Um, and we just asked to, to evacuate because... Um, well, I don't think they actually told me that there was a bomb at the time. It's just what everyone else told us when we came out. Um, but we were told in our road that we couldn't couldn't drive out. We just had to evacuate while they were looking into it. Yeah. And so. how did how were you a bit? You must have been a bit, a bit shocked, a bit panicked because you know it's not really a normal thing to yeah. happen. In um, so I asked if we had a couple of minutes to get out, and they said yes, but did emphasise the fact that we did have to leave quite quickly. Right. So we just came down here and we were stood here for about forty-five minutes and just went down to the road to get a couple of cups of coffee. Kent Police have told the podcast that a suspicious item was found at a property in Tunbridge Road, which officers had attended just after four yesterday afternoon. Neighbouring properties were evacuated as a precaution, while specialist officers were called to the scene. The explosive ordnance disposal unit attended and the item was declared safe. Three and a half weeks after sacking all of their staff, P&O ferry sailings between Dover and Calais remain suspended. Messages shared to passengers on their Twitter feed yesterday suggest they won't resume until Good Friday at the earliest. Well, it's led to what can only be described as travel chaos in the county as people trying to get away for Easter attempt to get places on DFDS crossings instead or maybe transfer to Eurotunnel. Now that, combined with the amount of freight trying to cross the channel, means Operation Brock is still in place on the M20. As I'm sure you know by now, that's where lorries are parked up on the coastbound side with all other traffic using the London-bound carriageway, which has a contraflow system in place. So with children off school and COVID restrictions now very much eased, tourist attractions in the county were hoping for a bumper couple of weeks. Helen Bonza-Wilton is the Chief Executive Officer at Leeds Castle. She says it's not been good for them at all. It's really problematic actually, um, partly because um, a lot of the radio coverage and TV coverage talks about uh, Junction 8 Leeds Castle being closed and actually the junction might be closed but Leeds Castle isn't so um, that's a message we'd like to get out there. So I mean this is the third year isn't it? We've, We've had two years of Covid which have been absolutely financially devastating for tourism businesses. This was the year when we were all looking to actually reinstate the business and get back to some form of normality. And many of us have invested a lot in new experiences for this year in the expectation that we were going to drive um, really good visitor numbers. I mean, certainly over the last week, we've, we've been trading at 50% of what we do normally. So this is really serious because uh, Easter represents about 25% of income for most tourism businesses. So if we only get 12.5% of that, that's in a massive hole and it starts sending you back into deficit again. Sure. And have you noticed any issues, any impact on staff, you know, maybe struggling to turn up to work as well? Absolutely. It's been a real nightmare, actually. I mean, it's a nightmare for everyone in Kent, isn't it? Uh, but certainly, I mean, I've had so many um, like explanations from staff this week that they've spent two or three hours on the motorway trying to get to work and then the same to get home. It's it's shameful, isn't it? You know, this is this is a known problem, and yet the infrastructure hasn't been put in place to solve it. Um, and it's not fair on visitors to Kent. It's not fair on people who live in Kent. Um, it's it's just needs to be tackled, doesn't it? We've also been speaking to Tudor Price. He's the Deputy Chief Exec of the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce and he's been chatting to our reporter, Jamie. We've exceeded the capacity of, of uh, Operation Brock already. 
Um, Maidstone Borough Council are issuing sort of no-go messages to, you know, asking people to stay away from the A20. I mean, what's that going to do for the economy? It's terrible. You know, there seems to be a sort of lack of urgency and, and lack of focus on this from, from central government. So, uh, yes, yeah, this, is, this is really problematic. I was speaking to uh, the Dover Council leader earlier this uh, week. He's recently come out and said, you know, if there are big problems this weekend, he won't hesitate to uh, announce a major incident. Do you think that's maybe what's needed to get a little bit more attention from the government? Yes, I think so. Uh, it, the trouble is it's it's a double-edged sword, but because by taking that action, of course, what it does is it then highlights it in the mainstream press, which then raises the concerns that uh, sort of tourism and hospitality trade have around sort of Kent very quickly becoming a no-go area for, for other tourists. So we don't want the rest of the UK to think that Kent is closed uh, because obviously that's bad for business. But at the same time, we need to have a lot more uh, attention and, and sort of involvement from, from central government here. I think what I would say is, is by declaring a major incident, what it does is it allows the Kent police to be able to implement further powers, uh, which can then obviously help try and address some of the issues. So I think Kent police are doing a tremendous job with the resources and the, the sort of plans that they have to work with. But yeah, there's clearly not enough attention being taken by central government here. We do check Kent Online for regular updates on this story. You can also hear travel bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM. Meantime, Eurotunnel says passenger traffic was up 220% last month, partly because of the suspension of P&O ferries at Dover. The number of cars and lorries using the Channel Tunnel surged compared to last year when COVID restrictions were in force. Its thought figures for April will also be high despite the ongoing travel disruption. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. There's anger at news today that some bus services in Canterbury are going to be cut. Stagecoach will stop running routes to several villages while a school service between the city and Herne Bay and Whitstable is also being axed. Stagecoach say it's due to a drop in passenger numbers and an ongoing driver shortage. Well, Kent County Council says alternative transport will be provided to pupils eligible for free school travel when the 921 and 922 bus service linking Whitstable and Herne Bay with Spires Academy on school days are stopped. Meantime, the authority has applied for powers to tackle road offences, which could previously only be enforced by the police. It could include things like going into a yellow box without being able to clear the exit, driving into a bus lane or jumping a traffic light. It would mean the council could fine motorists if their application to the Department for Transport is approved. Next today, and figures seen by the Kent Online podcast show almost 250 people in Kent fell victim to romance fraud last year. Now, victims were conned out of a whopping £2.9 million, and most of them were women between the ages of 40 and 70. Romance frauds usually take place when people pretend to be someone else online and trick victims into some kind of relationship. Well, our reporter Ed McConnell set up a profile online to see how long it would take before someone tried to con him. And it didn't take very long. He also managed to track down a person whose photo had been used on a fake account. And he's been chatting to Sam Cooper, who's a private investigator. Basically, at present, if you meet somebody online and you think something's not right, you can't go to the police. You know, a crime hasn't been committed. So Red Data was created as that safe space that people can come to to get answers and to know if the person they're really connecting with is who they claim to be. And we're saving people from financial loss and heartbreak. You know, with the rise in social media, so Instagram, you know, is all about being 
Instagrammable and putting yourself out there, selling yourself. Um, and yes, you can close your profile down so people can't steal your pictures, but then that kind of goes against what you're trying to do, especially if you're trying to, you know, build a brand of, you know, let's say you are a fitness trainer. You, you want to put your videos out there, your pictures, where you look good. Um, so, yeah, people are stealing those pictures quite frequently. And nobody really gives a thought to how it affects the person who's had their pictures stolen. Um, so that, again, is something that we do at Rogue Gators. You know, we will contact people to say your pictures are being used. I don't think there's that much that they can do about it, um, which is something that maybe does need to be looked at in the future. Absolutely, yeah. And that's something that, I, because last night I um, I left it a little while to, until I contacted the woman who is in the pictures. Yeah. Um, but I messaged her on Instagram, not expecting, she got quite a few followers, so I didn't expect her to come back. But she did come back and sort of said, oh, I, I wasn't aware of this, can you send me examples, which I've done. But I was thinking, it sort of hit me that she is a victim as well. She's not obviously not on the same scale as someone losing money, but, she, but her identity has been stolen. And, and like you say, that there isn't really anything she can do because no, no one, I mean, that leads on to something else I wanted to ask you about, which is how many of these people do get caught. But, but presumably quite a lot of them don't get caught. So there's not really much they don't. to do. They don't. And, you know, if you've got, let's say you've got a guy called, I don't know, I'm just going to say John Smith, who I say is a fitness trainer and, you know, people are stealing his images. It gives him a bad reputation. He'll get bombarded with emails. You know, you owe me money. I sent you money and you're fake and everything. And, you know, the knock-on effect is huge. I think there are changes happening. Um, if you look at companies like um, Tinder, Tinder has now brought in this thing where you can have your documents verified to ensure that people know that you are you. Um, obviously, I think it's a bolt-on service, so you have to pay for it. I think more apps will go that way. I think you've also got where if, if they charge a premium where you can, you know, look in a certain area of a dating app to only go with those that have been verified, Although that's good, I still don't think that's enough because people don't want to pay the extra. People just want to go on, swipe and, you know. So it's good that people like, you know, companies like Tinder are putting in these measures unless you're verifying. And really, you know, everybody either, you know, by computer and with a hand and eye backup, it will never stop. These no. scammers are sophisticated and will you know, find ways around it. And you can read Ed's article in full and listen to more of that interview with Sam at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. A holiday park company with sites in Kent has been sold for £950 million. Park Holidays has been taken over by American firm Sun Communities following a deal made six months ago. They run sites in Whitstable, Laysdown, Dimchurch and Birchington. Courts in Maidstone and Canterbury could face even more pressure as barristers refuse to cover some shifts. They claim the government of eroding working conditions and pay levels and say the justice system is being propped up by barristers helping colleagues without getting paid. Well, courts are already under pressure with a big backlog caused by the pandemic. Nominations are now open for Kent's Children's Awards. There are six categories aiming to celebrate inspirational youngsters and the families and charities support 
supporting them. You've got until June to put someone forward and the ceremony will take place in the autumn. And Harry Styles has gone straight to number one on the Kent Top 40 on KMFM. His new song, As It Was, beat Where Did You Go by Jax Jones and M&EK, which is now at number two. Bam Bam by Camilla Cabello and Ed Sheeran makes up the top three. Kent Online Sports. A Sheffield United footballer claims to have suffered homophobic abuse during their Kent senior trophy win. Jamal Howlett-Mundell came out as bisexual last August. He says an opposition player from Hollands and Blair was homophobic towards him at yesterday's match. Staying with football and Gillingham are back in the League One relegation zone with just four games of the season to go. They fought back to get a point against Wickham Wanderers at Priestfield on Saturday. It finished one all. Jack Tucker scored the equaliser for the Jills in the second half and spoke to the club after the final whistle. Game in two halves, I think, really. First half... Um... We weren't at the races, got to be honest. I think our decision-making was a bit off. Uh, didn't execute our game plan, how we wanted to do that and how the gaffer wanted us to go out and do that. So that was disappointing. So I think one day was probably a fair reflection on the first half. But then obviously second half, we changed the shape uh, and I thought we were very deserving of our, of our equaliser. And I think, if anything, we were unlucky maybe not to go out and win the game. A couple of chances didn't go our way. A couple of decisions on another day we might have got. Um, so that's annoying, but... At the end of the day, they're, they're a very strong side, Wickham, and they've showed that with the teams they've beaten this year. And we had a tough game at the, their place earlier on this season, so we know how good they are. So overall, it's not a bad point to build on. Best point you scored, surely? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, I've, only, I've not scored many, so <laughs> not those to choose from. But yeah, it just, just sort of fell nicely. Um, just hung out at the back from the free kick, I think it was. And it just it was in my stride, so I knew I just had to keep it down and strike it as well as I could. And as, as soon as I hit it, I did know that it was it had a chance because I, I knew I caught it clean, so... It's one of them on another day, it can deflect off five people and go in. Just luckily it went straight in today, so I'll take that one, yeah. Now we are in uh, the bottom four, I gather, but only on goal difference now. We've wiped off that 10-point gap that existed when Neil took over. Four games to go, all to play for. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, like you said, we would have taken this taken this situation when the gaffer did come in, in in January. So as much as we feel like we could be a bit further, having dropped silly points last week um, and the week before, um, it's... It's a good situation to be in. We're, we're fully confident in there of what we're capable of. The Easter weekend's always a massive, massive weekend in uh, defining team seasons. So it's, it's not bit the be all and end all, but it's, it's certainly two massive games next weekend that with two positive results can certainly put us in good stead going into the last two games. Well, it's a very busy Easter weekend for Gillingham with games against Cheltenham on Friday and Fleetwood on Monday. It was mentioned in that interview they are in the drop zone on goal difference and it's just one goal at that. And finally today in cricket, Kent have had a decent start to the county championship season. They drew with Essex but managed to score 581 runs at Chelmsford in their opening game. They got 12 points from the match which puts Kent in the middle of the Division 1 table and they welcome at Lancashire to Canterbury later this week. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.